0: Hello my friends and welcome to another Live and Learn and this episode is called Ready to Work What's WIOA Anyway? And today's podcast comes to you by special request from a listener so thanks Phil for leading us down this path today. As I've covered in previous episodes, we're in a crisis here in the U.S. when it comes to our workforce. You know, it's shocking and concerning how many now hiring signs I see on a daily basis with really good salaries, really good hourly wages listed even on the signs. But I know full well that those signs will stay up for a while. And I've mentioned in prior episodes that there's a piece of federal legislation called the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, or WIOA, that's hoping to address this very issue. But what is WIOA anyway? Well, a 2014 White House report entitled Ready to Work outlined the fact that employers can't find enough skilled workers to hire for in-demand jobs they must fill to grow their businesses, first and foremost. Secondly, education and training programs need better information on what skills those in-demand jobs require. And finally, hardworking Americans, whether studying, looking for work, or wanting better career paths, often aren't sure what training to pursue and whether jobs will be waiting when they finish. So enter WIOA. The Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act really just serves to update the old Workforce Investment Act of 1998. So almost 20 years has gone by since that was first introduced and under old WIA guidelines, adult education operated primarily under Title II in which services were designed to help adult students reach at least an 8th grade reading level in order to enter the workforce. That's it. That's all it lists for Title II, eighth grade reading level. Services like Job Corps got a facelift, and vocational rehabilitation became more comprehensive. But WIOA efforts more or less combine and streamline many of the services of WIA. And so mid year 2014, WIOA was outlined for states, with implementation beginning in 2015. Title II of WIOA expands adult education's purpose to far surpass that 8th grade reading level goal of 1998. It instead charges adult education with improving basic skills to complete secondary credentialing and moving toward post-secondary or the workforce, so we're, we're taking students far past 8th grade reading level into into completion of secondary credentialing, high school equivalency, which was something they were already doing. But, you know, we've seen those tests get a major facelift over the years, too. And now we're expected to move students toward post-secondary or the workforce. So there are seven elements to WIOA, not to be confused with the five titles of WIOA, that are less interesting. So I'm just sticking to the elements or action steps, as I'd call them, for WIOA, rather than just the legislation itself. So element one says that we need to work up front with employers to determine local or regional hiring needs and the design training programs that are responsive to those needs. So the role of partnership efforts will allow industry to lead the way in workforce initiatives rather than even education entities allow industry to lead the way. It'll encourage business and industry to voice their needs at the table for curriculum development and that is a new thing. And it will also increase collaboration with multiple stakeholders to create and agree upon credentials that are recognized in a region. So, Kentucky Adult Education Skills U has what they call the Kentucky Essential Skills Certificate. And it is a soft skills credential that is recognized around the state. And that's been an effort of KYAE Skills U and many partners who are on board with that. Element 2 says we have to offer work-based learning opportunities with employers including on-the-job training, internships, pre-apprenticeships are becoming really popular, and registered apprenticeship as training paths to employment. So we're seeing entry-level internships, either paid or unpaid, training for current workers in order to acquire skills necessary for promotion, which is exciting, and educator-employee partner models within education institutions. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, kind of what that looks like. Now, Element 3 makes better use of data to drive accountability. It's going to help to inform what programs are offered and what's taught, and offer user-friendly information for job seekers to choose what programs and pathways work for them and are likely to result in a job for them. So we're utilizing local and regional job data to define training offerings. For instance, there are certain pathways, certain career pathways, certain certificates and diplomas you can work toward here in Kentucky completely tuition-free because they are for fields and jobs that have been identified as high demand. It also involves keeping informed of regional occupational threads. So what jobs are available and popular and needed in different regions? And finally, it conducts a skills gap analysis in labor markets in the regions. So, what jobs exist, but what skills are needed to fill those jobs, and what, what skills are we seeing lacking in potential employees? Element four involves measuring and evaluating employment and earning outcomes. And keeping all that data available to the public and up-to-date. What up-to-date part's really important. And then use it to make improvements. Element 5 is to promote a seamless progression from one educational stepping stone to another and across work-based training and education so that efforts result in progress. We're not quite, we're, we're trying to help students not have too many, as many lateral moves as vertical, forward propelling movements in their efforts to better themselves, either through education or work this is where career pathways really comes in so yeah we're looking at implementing career pathways integration with multiple entry and exit points you know really helping students to recognize that they can earn that high school equivalency as well as then maybe go on to post-secondary and get a certificate of some kind, and enter the workforce. Um, Then hop back in at some point, hop back into that career pathway, the education side, earn some additional certifications, hop back into the workforce, or simultaneous, you know, these pathways can run concurrently as well, and emphasizing that with students. And we're integrating foundational skills education and training with occupational skills training. So there you go with the soft skills especially. But also in career pathways, you can contextualize learning and instruction to fit with certain uh, elements of different careers. Now element six involves breaking down barriers to accessing job-driven training and hiring for any American who's willing to work, including access to support services and relevant guidance. So education and career guidance through coaching for anyone who needs it. Uh, There are lots of entities that are hiring their own coaches um, to to even help with internal coaching of employees. Where do you want to go next? How can we propel you forward? Then that also involves financial assistance for typical barriers such as housing, childcare, transportation, and so on. Really holistically looking at students' or employees' lives to see how they can best be supported to move forward. And finally, element seven. Creates regional collaborations among American job centers, education institutions, labor bureaus, and nonprofits. So, a big part of that is creating an advisory panel from a multitude of stakeholders. And this is something that states have had to do, and even local uh, WIBs have had to get on board with. And then have a wraparound services, no wrong door approach to streamline efforts. We're starting to see occasionally the National Career Readiness Certificate be offered in Career One Stops and we're starting to see a lot of Career One Stops referring students to adult education for various services that you know that happened here and there on the local level depending on your community but it's happening more and more as these partnerships have to form and then as a result other things are really organically coming out of this that benefit both parties. So the bottom line for adult educators, our core purpose is still to equip individuals with the skills and knowledge needed academically to succeed in post-secondary education in the workforce, but we have to emphasize that classroom activities should increase an individual's ability to transition successfully into the workforce or post-secondary education. And that really does involve career pathways, contextualized instruction, soft skills infusion. So, a nutshell version of WIOA is the increased conversation among educational entities and workforce agencies and employers. So, WIOA recognizes that all of these partners have to be in communication and it'll help to increase effectiveness, efficacy, and efficiency in each entity who's a participant. Now, at the state level, this sometimes looks like restructuring of departments, like moving the House of Adult Education, let's say, from the State Department of Ed to the community college system, where they can work really closely with that post-secondary entity that we're, you know, really told to be partners with and have very valuable partnerships with. And at the very least, state agencies must collaboratively prepare their WIOA proposals for the feds anyway, outlining how their state is going to implement each of these seven elements, how they're going to look at those five titles uh, and put them into place. Now at the local level, this looks like contextualized instruction. In NCRC testing, as I mentioned, at the local one-stop unemployment office, and accelerating opportunity, dual credit, and dual enrollment for adult education students. At the classroom level, very similar, recognizing that soft skills are the currency of today and being sure that we have students prepared for what's to come beyond our doors. So all these other elements we've been talking about here on Live and Learn, soft skills, contextualized instruction, standards-based instruction, they all contribute to a WIOA compliant program and a program that holistically teaches students to prepare them not only for high school equivalency, but what's to come next, whether it be post-secondary or the workplace. And, you know, the interesting thing is that I see WIOA working. Money is available that adult education didn't really know about before, that partnerships now mandate, duplication of services is less frequent, and it's really nice to see employers and educators at the table together, with some even creating training academies to meet the needs of industry. That's one of those elements that we were talking about earlier. Training academies are cropping up all over the country. There's one here in Kentucky called Kentucky Fame, and it's a partnership between the community and technical college system and Toyota here in Toyota, North America. And it's kind of a flagship training academy even. And students are simultaneously enrolled there and working for Toyota, at least in some capacity, most of them. They're training on the same equipment that they'd be using over at Toyota, and when they complete their credentialing, they jump right into a job. And it's, it's a win-win for everyone, well, actually win-win-win for the student, the academic institution, and the industry. But, you know, the sad thing is we're in danger of continuing our slide down the slippery slope of unqualified workforce with proposed cuts of 17% to adult education. Razor-thin budgets will take an even bigger hit. Um, I was talking with some folks in New York a few weeks ago and they didn't have pencils in their classrooms. They struggled to keep pencils. So ProLiteracy has been doing a Letters for Literacy campaign, they're calling it, asking people to write to their representatives on behalf of adult and family literacy and say, hey, we can't afford a 17% cut. This is an economic development issue, so check out ProLiteracy.org to learn how you can maybe help with their efforts. And also, support a new grassroots effort that I just learned about called Brand New Congress. And it's an entity that's backing everyday Americans like you and me who are running for Congress. It's identifying people, actual human beings who are typical Americans, um, who who would like to run for office, who would love to see a change in our country. But because they don't know the right people and have a whole lot of money themselves, they aren't really candidates uh, in the the true sense. They don't have the the funding that is required to run a campaign here in the United States. But Brand New Congress is helping to provide that support for them. And these candidates are supported by their fellow Americans donations alone. So check out brandnewcongress.org because there are many, many candidates around the country who are just like you, who are running for Congress in the upcoming elections, and that's so exciting. So coming up next week, I'll dive a little bit more into career pathways. What are they? Why do they matter? And how can you implement them pretty quickly and easily? So until then, stay curious.